Welcome to this special inauguration day 2021, January the 20th, 2021, uh, which is the day designated in the Constitution of the United States, January 20th, uh, to swear in the new president and vice president, the two constitutional officers other than the Speaker of the House. And as the sun has gone down on Washington, D.C. on a crisp January day, It's a new day in America, and you can already feel the shift. Uh, Let me just say this as someone who was uh, there uh, both before the inauguration and a little bit during uh, the process today, that it had a very different feel to it. I've been to every inauguration of every president since 1993, Bill Clinton's inauguration. And uh, with each of those inaugurations, there are huge crowds, massive people. Barack Obama's 2009 uh, inauguration took on particular significance because he was, of course, the nation's first black president. And there were throngs of people. Uh, My nieces were little girls then. They're now in college and in the United States military. And I remember dressing them up and uh, us being able to go into my law firm, which was right there on the corner of Pennsylvania Avenue and to watch uh, the swearing in and all the proceedings uh, from the comfort of a beautiful building with all kind of food and and uh, just a wonderful good time on a very cold day. Uh, and it was not like that at all. Uh, the military presence was heavily felt. It was large and that was intentional. It was visible and that was intentional. and. Looking at the Capitol, which had just two weeks before, to this day, been under siege, was sobering. And to see uh, that there were no crowds, there were no people because they weren't allowed to come. There were some people on the lawn of the West Front. Uh, There were people on the dais and the staging area, Uh, but it was a small number. Of course, the parade was cut back. Uh, The ceremony at Arlington National Cemetery was a first of its kind, which I thought was great being that the president's past participated, except for the Carters being in their 90s and with COVID, not good for them to travel. But I just have a few words for you today on this special inauguration uh, podcast today. A couple thoughts. First of all, I feel very uh, blessed to be alive at this moment, blessed to have lived to see the nation's first African-American president in my lifetime and lived to have now seen the nation's first female vice president who also happens to be a woman of color and also happens to be an AKA sorority sister. Uh, We are proud. Uh, Women all over the world were pearls and chucks. Uh, Converse, if you're a Converse fan, you know what I'm talking about. Of course, us AKs, I was sporting my pink ones today and my pearls with my AKA college sweater, uh, which is one of my favorite things to wear. And uh, just... Humbled and awed with friends, as we watched this historic moment unfold, I thought the ceremony was dignified. It it kept with tradition. It was uh, literally safe and social distanced, first of its kind. I thought that uh, former Vice President, now President of the United States, Joe Biden's inaugural address was on point. It wasn't very long. It talked a lot about unity and, and facing our challenges. It. I don't think it was empty on rhetoric. I think it was really right on the mark about who we are and where we need to go and how we need to deal with one another going forward and the things that we must confront like untruths and lies and 
And look, guys, there is veritas. There is truth and there is not truth. There is light and there is darkness. There is good and there is bad. And I think one of the things that's really hurt us as human beings over the last decade, but in particular in these last four years, is that we got off into the fake news, the alternative facts world. And it did a lot of damage because we literally had one portion of the population watching one network and the rest of the population watching another network and having the same set of facts. Uh, maybe the sky was blue being reported as it was storming and snowy and, and you know, the oceans rose up from the floor. That's not okay and that's dangerous. And as I've said before on this podcast, and I'll say again, the siege at the Capitol, the sedition and the insurrection that was incited by the president and sitting senators like Cruz and Hawley and members like uh, McCarthy and Scalise and others in leadership, uh, those people now are interesting to me that they somehow want to be unified and they want to call for unity. Well, guess what? I have a piece today in USA Today that has been trending all day. It's top of the list, front page, um, and in the papers if you haven't read it. And I call on President Biden now not to make Mr. Lincoln, President Lincoln's mistake. President Lincoln's embrace of uh, the union and malice towards none was good in its heart space, in its humanity. But that very grace that he showed cost him his life because he was killed by a Confederate sympathizer named John Wilkes Booth, one of the sons of the Confederacy. Uh, There was a coup that day to uh, cut off the head and decapitate the government. The Secretary of State Sewell was stabbed. Uh, It was a a bloody coup. Uh, The president lay dead, others dead, maimed. Um, uh, Many uh, were hanged, once caught uh, for treason and dealt with. But that was after the fact. And so uh, people will say, well, you know, Sophia, that's not the same thing. Oh, yes, it is. Sedition is sedition. Being a traitor is a traitor and inciting insurrection is a crime. And so I think that it was hard for me, I know, over these last couple of weeks. And I know for many of you, because I read the post and the emails and the tweets where we all were in a space where we felt like, why is someone who incited insurrection, who did not care for the life of the vice president of the speaker of the house, members of Congress, et cetera, citizens, police officers, Why is this person still in the White House? Why did this person get to fly on Air Force One? Why did this person get a send-off? Why did this person still have the pardon power? Folks, we have some work to do. We need to update the Constitution. We need to definitely update Article 2 powers. And we need to update congressional oversight powers. And we probably need to look at the impeachment and removal powers. And we need to define them more clearly. Because we're working on a document that was written... That was written, folks, in the 18th century. We now live in the 21st century. That's a problem in and of itself. The world has changed drastically since then. I love the Constitution. I'm a fan of the Constitution, as you know. I believe in the Bill of Rights, all of them wholeheartedly. But the reality is we've just lived through something that we should never live through again. Our democracy was threatened from within. Our democracy is fragile. We need to protect it. We need to guard it. We need to be guardians of it. And it matters what we do going forward. Let me say a word and then I'm done about Kamala Harris, the first female vice president of the United States. It was surreal and elating and wonderful to see a woman uh, at Arlington National Cemetery standing next to the president of the United States for all of my lifetime and all of your lifetimes and 
All of the lifetimes of the Republic, there have been only two men in the presidency and the vice presidency up until this moment. And it was refreshing to see this, uh, to see the power shift, to see that right now the second most important and powerful person on earth as it were, is a female named Kamala D. Harris, the vice president of the United States. For the little girls, her little great nieces that were there, uh, they are little babies now, but one day they'll be teenagers and they'll be in college and they'll read about their great aunt in history books. And uh, I pray God Kamala Harris lives a long and amazing life and, and dies an old lady in her bed with her uh, great nieces and great great nieces and nephews surrounding her. Uh, Her story will be one for the ages, one for the books. And every little girl that grows up now, like those two little girls, her great nieces and her niece Mina, uh, who is, of course, their mom and, you know, in her early 30s, those little girls will someday um, be able to look back and appreciate uh, the power of the moment they were in. Their generation will take for granted that a woman was always in the executive mansion as not the first lady and as not some other appendage, but as the vice president, it remains to be seen who the first woman president will be. But I say that to say to you that I agree with Joe Biden 100% when he says, don't tell me things can't change because they have changed. We have had our first black president. I hope there are more. We have had now our first female vice president. I know there will be more. So the more that we normalize diversity, the more that we normalize engaging one another in courageous conversations and having a seat at the table and inclusion, the more that we make that our norm, the more that we make that the way forward, the more comfortable we're going to become. And these people that you saw who are operating out of fear and anger and mistrust and misappropriation and disenfranchisement, who think that because someone else gains something, they're going to lose something, that will lessen. But we must face, we must face the ugly scourge of white supremacy and white nationalism. We must head on deal with tribalism. We must head on deal with um, any types of organizations or groups that seem to undermine the government of the United States and thus the Republic of the United States. It's going to be a quiet four years. Um, I do not think the Trumpists are gone. I do not think Trump is gone. I think that we've all seen the power of social media, however, and we now know that he was amplified 10 times more than normal because of his Twitter feed and other feeds. And one of the ways to choke off misinformation and lies and other unfortunate sidebars to what should be truly free speech in America is to uh, cut off the social media. I have a lot of mixed feelings about this. Uh, You know, we were on a board call the other day and uh, it got a little bit heated. um, And that's okay. That's good. That means we're having a healthy dialogue. But it was interesting Uh, One of my colleagues said something that stuck with me, you know, as uh, colleges and universities are looking at those senators and members of Congress that voted to overturn the Electoral College results and thus undo a free and fair election. They're talking about revoking people's degrees now and things like that. And I don't know, how far do we go? Uh, I think that people who incite 
treason and insurrection should be punished under the Insurrection Act. Uh, the reality is, is that like Lincoln, go back to Lincoln, read my piece. It's pinned on my Twitter feed. It is, um, it is, um, on USA Today's front page. You can find it everywhere and read it, read it with the love of your country and your heart. And hear me when I say, if we don't root out this evil, if we don't cut it off and choke it off now, it will come back stronger. It'll grow stronger and more violent and more vibrant. And we're going to have a problem. So I wanted to just stop by and say, uh, God bless you on this historic day. Uh, The Republic still stands. Democracy won out over siege and violence and murder and thuggery and sedition. Uh, We showed the world that the United States of America uh, is resilient, uh, that we are uh, able to restore order in our own backyard, and that we will face the coming days, weeks, and months Uh, with hope and not defeat and not fear and not anger and not racial division and none of that. So I, uh, I wish this new president and this new vice president, the best of luck, the best of, um, being good stewards of what they've been given, uh, of wisdom, of the courage that they'll need, of the bravery that they'll need to uh, do what they've been put here to do. And to remember most of all, E pluribus unum, out of many, one. And I heard the president say that a lot today. Um, and I'm looking forward to others joining him because he can't do it by himself, folks. We have to help him. We have to help each other. We're in this together. We have 400,000 dead brothers and sisters in the United States of America from COVID-19. And by the time we get to February, we will have a half a million dead Americans. One half million people dead from an invisible, horrible, treacherous enemy named COVID-19. If that doesn't wake you up and help you to realize life is short, that you need to love your family a little deeper, need to love your loved ones deeper, you need to be kinder to the people, you need to take time to breathe and rest and, and enjoy your life, then you missed it. You missed the lessons that we all should learn. So I just thank you. Uh, for listening to this podcast. We're going to do an upgrade and a change. I'm going to start a new podcast for my forthcoming book in The Woman Code. We're going to start doing a playlist as we get ready to kick off The Woman Code paperback, which hits stores on um, the 2nd of March, which kicks off Women's History Month. You're going to love it. I'm excited about it and uh, can't wait for you to see it. Uh, So I just, um, I'm thankful and I'm grateful. I'm grateful to be alive. I'm grateful to see a new year. I'm grateful to have had a birthday a couple of weeks ago now. And I'm grateful to have a grandmother who's 91 years old. My maternal grandmother had a birthday on the 15th, Dr. King's birthday, uh, the birthday of Alpha Kappa Alpha. So I'm a blessed woman and uh, I hope you feel that way too. So thank you. God bless you. God keep you. And God bless the United States of America.